Hello, everyone. I'm Brad Gray, and welcome to the Teaching Series Podcast. I am a follower of Jesus, and I find the Bible to be absolutely amazing and love helping people experience it anew. Because in my 12 plus years of teaching the Bible professionally, I've learned that most of us have never been taught how to engage the Bible the way it was intended in its original context, and we are missing out on so much. Because when the biblical text is set in its context, it becomes more relevant, compelling, and transformational than we ever imagined. My desire is for all people to experience the Bible this way and to see Jesus at the center of it all. It's to this end that I created the teaching series, which is a weekly video series that explores some aspect of the Bible in its original context and then talks through how we can apply it well to our own context. This podcast is the audio version of those highly visual video teachings, which can be found at walkingthetext.com. So if you find an episode particularly helpful, I'd encourage you to check out the video version as well. And please feel free to rate and review this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and let's jump into the episode. Hello, friends, and welcome to the teaching series. Hey, we've all had these moments in our life where we learn something new, and it has a dramatic impact on us. For me, this happened when I understood the biblical word in Hebrew, shalom. Now, oftentimes when we hear the word shalom, most of us know that it gets translated into the English as peace. But when we think of peace, we generally think of it in terms of an absence of conflict or serenity of the inner soul. But that's not what this biblical word means in the Hebrew language. The word shalom means literally wholeness, well-being, prosperity, like in terms of thriving, Everything is as God intends it to be. It's a much bigger word than just like absence of conflict or serenity of the inner soul. And it's used lots of different ways, but this is kind of its basic understanding when you read the word peace in the scriptures. So this is a passage from last week's teaching, but we actually didn't look specifically at verse 15 in Genesis 15, but it says this, you, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. So this word shalom behind the word peace here, God's not just saying to Abram, hey, you're going to go to your resting place like with an absence of conflict and not being at war. He's saying you're going to go in fullness and completeness like a great and complete life. And so this is how this word gets used. And what was significant to me was not only just understanding like the importance of the word shalom, like even in my own life, but just in understanding the entire biblical story. So last week, I put this graphic up as well and just mentioned the 73-minute teaching on the entire Bible from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22 that you can find in the sermon library. But this idea of shalom encapsulates the entire story for me. And this is a graphic we're going to keep coming back to time and time again because this is visually how I kind of organize and understand the Bible and how not to get lost in the various stories and being reminded of what the whole storyline is about. But in Genesis 1, God creates a world that is of shalom, it's wholeness, well-being. Everything is as God intends it to be, and then humanity shatters that shalom 
in Genesis chapter 3, and the whole plan of the restoration of all things is to bring us back to where shalom is restored. And the whole story of Scripture is all centered around this theme of shalom, this restoration, this wholeness, that things are as God intends it to be for the world and in our lives. And what's interesting is that there are these four relationships in life. There's a relationship we have with God, there's a relationship we have with ourselves, there's a relationship we have with others, and there's a relationship we have with creation. And the whole movement of the Bible is to allow us as humans to experience shalom in all four relationships in life. And that what we have in the season that we're in, this is called the season of Lent, it culminates with the cross and resurrection of Jesus, this epic moment in the story where all things that have been broken will be made new, will be made restored, and all of this will come to fruition at the end of the story, but that climactic moment is on the cross and in the empty tomb that God, yes, has reconciled us to him, this restoration, this restored relationship with God. But there's also this recognition that the good news of Jesus Christ is not that just that we can be reconciled to God, but that the power of the resurrection is available to us and that God wants to do something in us to restore the broken pieces in our own personal lives, the broken pieces and relationships we have with others and with creation to bring this whole thing to fruition. And so this idea of shalom is really significant in the Bible. And in fact, even today in modern Hebrew, uh, modern Hebrew you'll often hear the expression mashloncha, which means how is your peace? It's a very common greeting today, like how are you doing? And for me, this is what makes Lent such an astounding reality. Now, immediately for some of you last week, I said the beginning of the season of Lent and all of a sudden maybe some of you cringed and even today I've mentioned it a couple of times and you're like, ugh. Like this is one of those things where I feel like has been really misunderstood. That for those of you um, maybe Lent is this really positive thing. Maybe for some of you, you've just had kind of not a positive experience with whatever denomination that observes Lent. And so you kind of feel a little bit of tension there. Maybe for some of you are like, I don't even know what Lent is, <laughs> right? So there's this like neutrality to you in all of this. But Lent is not something that just Catholics observe or certain Methodists or Lutherans or Eastern Orthodox or Anglicans. This is, this is a, a church tradition that goes back quite a while so that when people who are going to be baptized on Resurrection Sundays were followers of Jesus. Lent was a season of preparation leading up to their baptism, where it was a lot of just introspection and repentance and just thinking through like their own story as a way of, in a sense, getting right and ready for Resurrection Sunday when they would experience baptism. But what has happened is over time is that Lent has become this time of preparation for all followers of Jesus to prepare and anticipate Resurrection Sunday. So last Wednesday during um, 
Valentine's Day, the Lenten season began. For some of you, maybe it was an Ash Wednesday service. Maybe some of you are like out for dinner for Valentine's Day and you're like, man, those people got something like black on their forehead. They didn't really clean themselves well. That was from a service that they attended to kick off this Lenten season. So it kicked off last Wednesday and it's 46 days leading up to the Saturday after Jesus's death and before the resurrection. And oftentimes you'll hear Lent being a 40-day journey and that's because there are six Sundays in Lent. So two days ago, if you're watching this on the release date, was the first Sunday of Lent. Those six Sundays um, are considered to be like mini Easter. So sometimes they're not like reckoned in the counting. And so people will say Lent is like this 40-day experience, but it's actually 46 days. It just depends on on how you want to, 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 to reckon that. Now, whether or not you have a positive or negative experience with Lent. I mean, I knew for me growing up, I never celebrated Lent. In fact, Lent was just something my Catholic friends did. And so like, I just remember them going, hey, for the next 40 days or 46 days, however they said that, you know, we're giving up either chocolate or we're giving up alcohol, we're giving up swearing, we're giving up this. It's not just my Catholic friends, but that's, there was more Catholics in the area that I grew up than like Eastern Orthodox or Anglicans or anything like that. And so I never really had a really great understanding for Lent, but what I've learned is that Lent for me personally has become really significant in just preparing myself for Easter because here's the reality. Christmas, everybody knows when Christmas is coming. It's the same date every year, December 25th, and you have department stores and online sales and all of this marketing and advertising happens in some cases like September. In fact, I actually have a family member who puts up their Christmas tree in August. And I'm not going to tell you who that is because I would never out my mother that way. But it's just amazing to me. Okay, I'm totally joking. All right, no, my mom does put it up in August, but I'm not necessarily outing her in that way. I ask for permission. You have to do that even when you're in your 30s. I'm guessing I'll have to do that in my 40s and 50s and 60s as well. But my mom puts it up in August. Like, she's already thinking about Christmas. She's letting us know the Christmas tree is up in August so that when we come and visit, like, she's already preparing herself for that. And so nobody comes to Christmas and go, huh, I didn't know that was coming. Like, nobody gets a week out and go, man, Christmas is next week. Man, didn't even know it was on the horizon. No, no, no. We all know that there are parties and there are Christmas songs and there's all these festivities around that. But when it comes to Easter, for most of us, Easter sneaks up on us, right? I mean, it's like Easter is different every year. In fact, this year, it's on April Fool's Day of all times, all right? It changes every year. And so for many of us, we get a week out and we get a few days out and we're like, oh man, Easter's on Sunday. Like we haven't even thought about it. It hasn't even crossed our mind. We haven't even prepared for it. And here's the reality. Easter is the epic moment of the entire year. It's the most significant day on the calendar. Christmas is important, but Christmas without Easter makes Christmas worthless, Easter is where it's at. Now, you can't get to Easter without going through Christmas, and we're grateful for Christmas, but Easter is the epic celebration. And so it's really just a time where you go, okay, how can I prepare myself? How can I slow down? Because the reality is, and we all move really fast, don't we? Like, we're just racing through our lives, and this is a season where you intentionally slow down. And the idea is that when you get to Resurrection Sunday, you experience the light and the hope 
that is a reality because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. But you actually think of Lent as this period where you enter deeply into your own story and it feels dark and chaotic and a bit somber at times as you move through our own darkness to experience the light of the resurrection, this massive contrast between the light and the hope that Jesus gives and oftentimes just the darkness that we experience in our own story. And doing this isn't easy work. It's it's actually hard work. It's like going, man, what is going on in my life? So like Lent always has this darkness to light reality and basically a migration from darkness into light. But one of the things that I like to do every year is surround myself with just kind of an image that gives me a picture for, okay, how do I understand Lent? And this is something that has has been helpful for me. Uh, This is from our old home in West Michigan. We now live in the greater Nashville area, but this was just before we left. You can see this big swing set here that we and our our family next door kind of shared together. And we had these two enormous trees that had all of these dead limbs. And we had a couple of these limbs like drop and smash on top of the, uh, you know, the, the whole swing set area. And we're like, okay, obviously just safety. We need to get somebody out here. And so somebody came out and they started walking through on the branches of the trees. It's a little bit nerve wracking. It was kind of fun to watch, but you know, he's done this before and he's going through and he's basically cutting off all of these dead and decaying branches because he recognizes that they are a harm to other people. And for me, this is kind of like the best picture of the Lenten season is that as we prepare ourselves for Easter, there's this really this time period in the year where we slow down and we go, okay, God is bringing us to restoration and wholeness and the culminating moment is Easter. But the reality is, is that God wants to bring restoration and wholeness to every aspect of our life. And Lent is kind of like the season where we walk out onto the branches of our life and we just ask the question, what is deterring me from thriving in this life? Like what struggles am I going through? Is it a relationship thing? Is it a, is it a personal like addiction or something that I'm going through that just needs to be addressed? And it's the season where we slow down long enough and we look into our story and we walk out onto the branches of our life and we say, dear God, what is there that needs to be addressed? And I know that maybe for some of us, like some things just come screaming to mind. For others of us, we may go, man, I'm not sure exactly what that is. Um, maybe there's one thing or maybe some of you are like, okay, I've got this laundry list. Like, don't go after a laundry list, by the way. You'll just wig yourself out and you won't do it. But it's really going, okay, what's the one thing or maybe the two things that I really need to give attention to this Lenten season? I mean, I know for me personally, you know, I've had these moments in my Lenten seasons before where I've just gone after just these really significant issues in my life. Uh, like, for example, a couple of years ago, like I'm, I'm a one on the Enneagram. So this is like more than just a personality profiling system. Like it's just really helps you to understand like why you do what you do and what you do when you're in health and when you're not healthy. And, and as a one, um, I learned that when I'm unhealthy, like I go into anger. 
And this has always startled me. In fact, when you read the Enneagram, if you talk about uh, someone who's a one, like it startles everybody because one is someone who's kind of type A. You're going to see that I'm kind of type A and real organized and try to have everything together. But when things aren't going well, like anger is something that swells. And it just, it scares me at times. And I remember going through my season where I'm like, God, I have to submit this to you. What are my triggers? What do I need to deal with? Like what allows me not to be healthy so that this doesn't become part of my story because it impacts other people, my family in particular. And that's really the beauty of the Lenten season is just to invite God into our story, to invite other people into our story, to really get help if we need help. For some of us, maybe it's sitting down with a counselor and just saying, this is part of my story and I need to deal with that this Lenten season. And we just slow down long enough to recognize that there are things in our trees that need to be cut, that these branches are dead and decaying. They're sucking life and energy out of us. They're breaking off and they're falling on other people. And we just need to address it because this is a God who is very interested in us experiencing shalom. And we have to name it. We need to get it out there. We need to let the right people know who can help us and walk us through this journey. And so I just pray that for you, just in the season of Lent, that maybe there's one thing or two things where you just say, all right, I'm going to take some time over the next week. I'm going to think through this and I need to begin to addressing it because we can just move so fast that we don't address the dead branches in our tree. And Easter sneaks up on us and it's not the celebration it needs to be. And what I'm hoping for all of us is that we experience that light of Easter because we've done some really hard work during the Lenten season and we've experienced a sense of restoration and wholeness in our own lives because of the work that God has done in us. So that's my hope for us as we move through this season together. So thank you for watching. If you're not watching this at walkingthetext.com, head over there. There's some discussion questions for personal use, for group study. You can leave comments. If you know someone who just needs to hear this, someone you want to invite on this journey of preparing yourself for Easter, share this with them. And again, thank you so much for watching this and may you walk out the text well in your life. <music>